Hey there, and once again, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Nieves. Now, today I'm going to do something a little bit different, and we're going to deep dive into something that's very timely, something that's very topical. You see, the other day, the United States Senate voted 64 to 34 to pass an initial vote on gun control legislation through the United States Senate. Now, obviously, that 64 number is past the 60 required to break the Republican filibuster, and that happened only with the support of 14 so-called Republican senators. Right, 14, you heard that correct, 14 so-called Republican senators have decided to vote yes on the 80-page bill that was called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. The Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. What a stupid name. So anyway, today I'm going to do a real deep dive into those 80 pages, and we're going to discuss exactly what's in this bill, what's not in this bill, and by the end of this podcast, you'll have a really good understanding of what's going on right now in the United States Senate. So let's start real quick with what is not in this bill, because there's been a lot of speculation and a lot of back and forth about what they would like to put in this uh, in this so-called gun control bill. One of the things that Democrats felt very strongly about was they wanted a assault weapons ban, which is not in the bill. Thankfully, there is no assault weapons ban, which, by the way, if you're wondering what they would have thought uh, assault weapons would be, it would be semi-automatic assault-style weapons. Oh, whatever that means, which in reality, assault-style just means that it's black and scary and it looks all spooky because it has attachments and stuff like that. But the good news is there is no assault weapons ban within this bill. In addition, there is no higher age requirement to buy semi-automatic rifles. There were a lot of Democrats who were very strongly pushing to raise the federal minimum age to buy a semi-automatic rifle up to 21. Currently, that number is 18. So for a little bit of clarity here, an 18-year-old can buy a rifle, but they can't buy a pistol, which just highlights the stupidity of our Congress and our FD, or, uh, ATF excuse me, and their ridiculous gun laws and, and regulations that they make, which make absolutely no sense why you would prohibit someone from buying a, a, a pistol until the age of 21, yet allow them to buy a rifle, is very silly. I think you should be able to buy the pistol at 18 and the rifle at 18 and anything else you want at 18 because you are a legal adult, you can join the military, and etc. But these stupid Democrats thought that it would be a great idea to raise the higher, or to, to raise the age requirement, I guess I should say, to buy semi-automatic rifles. And good news is, that is not in the bill. The other thing that is not in the bill is a federal background check expansion. They had really, really wanted to include some sort of a proposal to expand the federal background check, which would uh, make that take 10 days. That's what they wanted. They wanted the background check to take 10 days 
They also wanted to close what they view as a loophole. Oftentimes, it's called the gun show loophole. They wanted to get rid of that. That is also not present in the bill. There's also nothing in the bill that would repeal the liability protection for firearm manufacturers. A lot of Democrats had the asinine idea that they really wanted to have some sort of a way to sue. For example, Daniel Defense, who just made uh, the, the rifle that was used in the Uvalde shooting, they wanted to be able to sue Daniel Defense or Sig Sauer or Glock or any company that just so happened to have made the firearm that was used in a shooting. They wanted to be able to sue that company. Well, good news is that is also not in this bill. So there's a handful of things that they really, really, really wanted in this bill, the Democrats, that is, really, really wanted in this bill that thankfully they're simply not going to get. But now let's take a look at what is going to be in this bill, and I'm going to dissect why this bill is so stupid, why it's so awful, why it's so trash. So in this bill is what they are calling a state crisis intervention support. Well, that sounds very nice, doesn't it? That sounds like, you know, peaches and cream and rainbows and lollipops when they say a state crisis intervention support. Well, how swell of them, right? But what it would actually do is provide $750 million in federal grant money to any states that will create and administer so-called red flag laws. So although there is no federal red flag law in this piece of legislation, there are $750 million worth of federal grant monies that are going to be given out to states under the condition that they create and administer red flag laws. And real quick, for anyone who's confused about what is a red flag law, well, just save yourself some time and and research it in the interesting way. Go watch the movie Minority Report. If you haven't seen Minority Report, it is literally the same thing as a red flag law. The government or someone reports you and says, I think that this person is probably a danger to themselves or others. In fact, they, they might commit a crime. So what does the government do? The government shows up and arrests them, takes their property, takes their rights without ever giving them their day in court. It is an absolute fundamental violation of the Fifth Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourteenth Amendment, and so on and so forth, stripping someone of due process. So there's $750 million that's going to be offered to the states if they're willing to implement red flag laws. And it's so it's so stupid to me that some of these Republicans will say, well, the measures are consistent with federal due process. How the heck do you figure that taking somebody's rights and their property before they have been proven guilty in a court of law, before they have ever been convicted of any crime whatsoever, how on God's green earth does that fulfill federal due process regulations and protections? The Fifth Amendment, due process. The Fourteenth Amendment, due process. You cannot strip someone of their rights like this. They've never committed a crime. They've never been convicted of crimes. They've never been proven beyond a reasonable doubt to be guilty of anything for which they should lose their rights. Yet the federal government is deciding they want to incentivize states to go and knock on their door and take their guns anyway. And then what's really sick and perverted on top of everything else within these these stupid red flag laws is the idea that the individual who has now been red flagged, 
The individual who has had his due process taken from him, his rights and his property taken from him, there is a way for him to get them back. But guess what he is now forced to do? He is forced to go prove his innocence. What a backwards, twisted perversion and bastardization of our system of criminal justice to force an American citizen to go to court and prove that he is innocent rather than the burden of proof lying on the prosecutor to prove that he is guilty of a crime. Instead, he has to go in there or she has to go in there or according to those on the left, Z or Zay has to go in there and prove that they're innocent in order to get their rights back. That is simply not how this is supposed to work in the United States of America. That's absolutely ridiculous. But it's not the only stupid thing that's in this bill that 14 so-called Republican senators felt the need to support. In addition to that stupid red flag nonsense... There's what they're referring to as an enhanced review process for buyers under the age of 21, which is just fancy talk for saying if you're under 21, if you're 20 years old, you get treated like a second-class citizen. Maybe you're in the United States military. Maybe you went off, you went to boot camp, you're 19, 20 years old, you're an infantryman in the United States Army, and you decide, I think I'm going to go buy myself a firearm. Well, you literally will be treated like a second-class citizen different from anyone else because now there will be a special investigative period to review your juvenile criminal record, your mental health record, anything like that. If you're under 21 years old, they're going to dig into all of that and try and find any sort of disqualifying records, which would include checks with state databases, local law enforcement, and all that. And some people may think, oh, well, that's really nice. No. That's not really nice. We don't have second-class citizens in the United States of America. You shouldn't have special requirements for you. Listen, you either have your rights or you don't. You can't negotiate rights away. Well, you can, but you shouldn't. You should not negotiate your rights away and say just because someone bad did something, then all of these innocent American citizens have to be treated as second-class citizens so that they can have their rights. You don't get to have your rights until we've done this special little classification of investigation into you. And you know what else is pretty concerning about this? Is the fact that they're going to look into your mental health records. What might be an unintended consequence of looking into people's mental health records? Well, an individual who wants to maintain the right to possess and purchase firearms may not seek mental help. They may not seek actual help for something they've got going on because they're afraid that if they do, they'll have something on their mental health record. Maybe they have PTSD. Maybe it's a veteran. Like I said, a 20-year-old kid, he might have already been shipped out. He might have deployed and now he has PTSD and he wants to buy a firearm. He's probably not going to go get diagnosed with PTSD because he's afraid he's going to lose his rights. So rather than going and getting the help that people need, There's a very real chance the unintended consequence of this piece of legislation would be that young people out there don't go and seek mental health help because they're afraid of losing their rights. This is what happens when you have a bunch of idiots make legislation and vote on legislation that they have never read. I didn't mention this earlier, but there was about one hour, just about one hour for these senators to vote or to to read this bill. It was 80 pages long. They had one hour to read it and then vote on it. 
There's not a single senator who read this bill with any kind of intent or purpose to understand it. There is not one senator who read this bill. Yet 14 Republican senators put their name on it and said, yep, looks good to me. You didn't even read it. You didn't even read it. These are the consequences of legislation that is passed without even being read. It was 80 pages long. I don't care how fast of a reader you are, you're not reading something like this, a piece of legislation that directly impacts the constitutional rights of your constituents. You're not reading that in a meaningful way in one hour. It's simply not going to happen. So this stupid review process is, again, an example of unintended consequences, things that are going to push people to not go and get the mental health help that they need, which, by the way, is obviously one of the leading factors whenever it comes to these mass shootings. The folks who are committing these mass shootings, they don't have good mental health. They're not in a good place. The best thing we can do for them is to go and get them mental help. But if they think getting that mental help is going, to, is going to strip them of their rights, then I dare say they're probably a little bit less likely to go and get that mental help. Now, on top of that, it just keeps going on. The list keeps getting bigger of all of the stupid stuff that's in this piece of legislation. Now they have decided to add penalties for so-called straw purchases. It says the bill is going to crack down on criminals who will illegally straw purchase and traffic guns. Well, I don't know if Congress wasn't aware of this. That's already illegal. If you purchase a firearm to sell that firearm to a felon or someone who is legally prohibited from owning a firearm, that is already illegal. So I guess they don't understand that the prior legislation, the prior law clearly didn't stop the criminals. Why on earth would this one stop the criminal? It doesn't make any sense freaking sense. It's already illegal for that to happen. It is literally already illegal to do straw purchases. That's why they're called straw purchases. But Congress, apparently, they don't understand how this kind of stuff works. They don't understand how any of this happens. Now, in addition to that, something that's a little bit less awful, they've included what they're describing as mental health services and telehealth investments, which is something that was almost certainly put in there by Republicans in an attempt to defend this position with their constituents, trying to say, well, you know, we need some more mental health services, which, like I said, fine and dandy. I'm, I'm fine with, with more mental health service and things like that. But when you include in the very same bill punishment for people who do go and seek mental health services, what, what, what good is that? The point becomes moot. So now you're just spending American taxpayer dollars for absolutely no reason. On top of that, they have what they call clarification of definition of licensed dealers, as if there's any ambiguity on who is an FFL licensed dealer, they felt the need to say, well, we need to crack down on that, make sure we clarify it. Yet again, another example of the federal government apparently not being entirely familiar with their own legislation, not being familiar with the laws that are already on the book. Why, as a sitting U.S. Senator, you wouldn't be familiar with the gun laws that are already on the book when you are writing and signing new legislation that very well may be doing the exact same thing? I don't know, outside of being stupid. Anyways, in addition to that, there's a lot in this bill. In addition to that, there are so-called protections for domestic violence victims. I'll read the description here. It says, those who are convicted of domestic violence crimes and face domestic violence restraining orders, ooh, restraining orders, save that one in the back of your mind, 
would be subject to criminal background checks for gun purchases under the law. Well, you already are. Everyone is subject to criminal background checks under the law. Anyways, they say that the so-called boyfriend loophole, which is a very sexist name because the majority of domestic abuse happens by women against men, but the so-called boyfriend loophole uh, was a sticking point in negotiations, and it would be closed by adding people convicted of domestic abuse in dating relationships to the National Instant Criminal Background Check System for five years, at which point they would be removed pending no further prohibited crimes or similar effects. So this boyfriend loophole, it's very cleverly crafted legislation, and like I said, a sexist name of sorts, because a lot of domestic abuse happens via women who are actually hitting and beating their men. But anyways, that always goes underreported, but they said that anyone who is facing a, a restraining order so a, a ex-girlfriend, imagine this, you're a guy, right? And you have a crazy ex-girlfriend, crazy wackadoodle ex-girlfriend, and she knows you happen to like firearms. Well, in an effort to spite you and violate your rights and get back at you for whatever she thinks that you may have done, she decides to go and say, I want a restraining order on my ex-boyfriend. For anybody who's ever been involved in restraining order stuff, it's really not that difficult. Restraining orders are not the hardest thing in the world to get. You can get them with basically no proof. So your crazy ex-girlfriend goes to the court system and says, that guy pushed me up against a wall. I have no evidence for it. I have no proof for it, but I want a restraining order. The judge says, yeah, okay, that sounds fine. We'll give you a restraining order. Johnny, you can't get within 50 yards of Susie or whatever it may be. Guess what? This new part, this new part of this gun control bill, this common sense gun control bill, that's, it, that would now apply to you. The guy whose crazy ex-girlfriend made something up about him and got a restraining order, now you would be subject to all of these loops you have to jump through and you might not be able to get a firearm because of your, your domestic violence past and your restraining order for five years you might not be able to have a firearm. Do we understand why this is such a problem? Why it's such a big deal? to violate somebody's due process, to take their property, to take their rights away from them before you ever get your day in court or to make all of these ridiculous, asinine, constitutional infringements on somebody's Second Amendment right to protect themselves because anytime you give government this level of power, it will be abused. Every single time, this level of power will be abused. Also in this piece of legislation is what's called school-based mental health and support services funding. Again, sort of a moot point whenever you punish people for having any kind of diagnosed mental health issue, they're probably not going to make use of this support and the funding. So yet again, it's more wasteful spending. And then there is in this bill what they call school safety resource funding, which is federal funds that go to programs that help primary and secondary schools create safety measures, support school violence prevention efforts, and provide training to school personnel and students. That I have no problem with whatsoever. It was almost certainly put in there by some of those Republicans. And listen, that's fine and dandy, but you don't sign off on a bill that includes all of that crap. I mean, listen, think about this. If you're the Republican senators and you're sitting down, somebody hands you this bill, which I will liken to a plate full of dog poop. You have a plate full of steaming hot dog poop, but right there in the middle of the dog poop 
is one singular Hershey's bar, a little Hershey's kiss, sitting right on top, a little cherry on top of the dog turd. And somebody says, hey, you can have that Hershey's kiss, but you have to eat the entire plate of dog crap to get it. Would you say yes to that? No, of course not. You're not going to eat an entire plate full of dog crap just to have one little Hershey's kiss. So as much as I like the idea of increasing school safety resource funding, that's fine. As much as I like the idea of helping people who may have real legitimate mental health problems, that's fine. But you don't eat an entire pile, an entire plate full of dog crap just to have one little teeny tiny Hershey's kiss. You don't violate the rights of the American people just to get one teeny tiny little easily had victory. So before anybody sits there and tries to tell you, the American people, that this was a common sense piece of gun legislation, send them this podcast. Send them a real actual breakdown of what's in this bill, what's not in this bill, and exactly what it all would do. Well, folks, thanks for joining me. I know this one's a little bit shorter than usual, but that's all that I have to say about this piece of legislation. I know I was a little bit uh, fired up today, a little bit more, uh, I have a fire in my gut whenever it comes to violations of people's fundamental rights. Somebody sue me. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this one. Feel free, do me a solid, share this one with your friends, your family, anyone you have that uh, may be supporting this piece of legislation, send this video to them if you would be so kind. Obviously, if you have not yet already, please, please join the Locals page. That's where we have a lot of discussion about what our podcast subjects are going to be. Locals uh, supporters get early access to all of the podcasts, so they'll have had this podcast on Thursday, whereas everyone else will be getting it on Saturday. But until next time, everybody, keep me in your prayers. Keep your country in your prayers. Thank you for listening. God bless.